Welcome to NFP's Insights from the Experts podcast. Each episode showcases timely expertise and perspective from members of the NFP community, delivering information, analysis, and solutions that address our clients' most significant challenges. Hello, and welcome to the Benefits Compliance Podcast. My name is Suzanne Spradley, and I'm here with my colleague, Chase Cannon, and we are attorneys with the NFP Benefits Compliance Department. And today we're going to continue our discussion of the Biden administration's vaccine mandate, and more specifically, as we've talked about in the past, the OSHA ETS. Um, Chase, why don't you start off with a bit of a background for us? Yeah, so um, good to be back with you, Suzanne. Thanks for that intro. And as a quick background, um, we're going to be primarily talking about the OSHA ETS, and that was uh, one of three vaccine mandates that was really out there and, and still out there to an extent. But one was for the, the OSHA ETS was the one for larger employers, those with 100 or more employees. And so that's really been the focus. That's the one we've been talking about that, uh, the most on past podcasts and in other NFP resources and really the one that impacts the majority of our audience you know, that private sector employer audience. And so that's also the one you've probably been hearing the most about in the news. Uh, but there were two others, and we're going to talk about these towards the end, but just to, to mention them up front, one was for healthcare workers um, or those employers uh, that are sort of in the provider space that receive Medicare and Medicaid funds, and then one for government contractors. Um, but again, the one that's primarily been in the news and you've heard about and that we've addressed is this mandate for larger employers, and, and large means those with 100 or more employees. And, and that mandate basically required any large employer to ensure that its employees are either vaccinated or are tested regularly. And because of its broad application, this is the one that's been watched the most closely. And as we know, it was challenged in the courts and, and made its way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they ruled last week. But as we know, um, this one it relates to OSHA. So when we say OSHA and ETS, those are two acronyms you've become familiar with. OSHA is the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which is a, a regulatory agency within the Department of Labor, or the DOL. And then the ETS is Emergency Temporary Standard or a rule. The ETS rule that OSHA published really contained guidance on how employers were supposed to comply with this mandate, how to count employees, how to collect proof of vaccination, how to administer the testing, who pays for it, all of those questions that we've been hearing about for a while, that's all wrapped up in this ETS that was challenged. Right, and we've been really anxious to watch this because it used, the use of the ETS process in the past uh, through OSHA has not been very successful. So we were, but the pandemic obviously is a new time period. And so we were anxious mm -hmm. to kind of see how this would roll out and be viewed by the Supreme Court. So we've had the ETS for a little while now and it's been kind of off again and on again. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that back and forth, Chase? Yeah, so when it was first published, so, well, taking even a step back there, we had the Biden administration sort of announced they were going to do this and then OSHA published the ETS. And so it was on and it was uh, sort of there and kind of sent everybody into a frenzy. But then it was immediately challenged in a couple of different appellate courts. And when we say appellate courts, those are also referred to as circuit courts. And so you'll hear that term circuit court. That's uh, the second level sort of, of, of appeals. But when, when that happens, when you have multiple challenges on the same issue, 
Um, and this was something new to us, but the appellate courts held what was called a, a lottery, which essentially was a drawing to see which circuit would hear the case. So it's kind of like the NBA lottery where you've got all these ping pong balls. I don't know exactly what it looked like, but in the end, the Sixth Circuit was the court of appeals that ended up with the case. The challengers to the rule um, included several industry groups representing sort of these private sector employers, plus several states. And the, that group was basically asking the Sixth Circuit to stay the mandate until the Sixth Circuit could publish a ruling. Uh, to stay something means to hold off or put on hold any enforcement relating to the mandate. So in other words, they were asking or, or saying that um, the DOL or, or OSHA cannot enforce the mandate until the court could really publish a ruling or make their decision. And so the Sixth Circuit interestingly denied that request and, and said the mandate can go into effect while the courts were working things out. And then that decision by the Sixth Circuit uh, to not stay the mandate was immediately appealed to the Supreme Court. And that's kind of where the Supreme Court got involved. Yeah, and what's interesting about this is the Sixth Circuit, which is in Cincinnati, Ohio, is known to lean conservative, with most of its judges were um, being appointed by Republican presidents. So the outcome of that was a bit interesting. Um, so this is some good procedural groundwork. What ultimately was the question presented to, to SCOTUS? Because I know it's reported in, in um, as though it's a, a different question was presented, but what was the question presented to the yeah, Supreme so Court? So it feels a little technical when we, when we talk about the actual question presented, but really it was whether the stay could be lifted or, or remain. In, in other words, can the mandate take effect while the courts are hearing challenges to the validity of the mandate itself, or must the Department of Labor or OSHA take a backseat on enforcement until the courts can make a formal ruling? Okay, so and what did the Supreme Court say about the stay? Yeah, so they basically blocked enforcement of the ETS, meaning OSHA and the DOL cannot enforce the ETS or the vaccine mandate unless and until the courts decide that the ETS or mandate is actually legal or constitutional. And so this was really a win for the states and the, and the private employers that were challenging it. Um, so SCOTUS essentially, and we say SCOTUS, that is the Supreme Court. That's another acronym that we use um, SCOTUS, they essentially said that no enforcement can occur until the Sixth Circuit and presumably any appeal back to SCOTUS occurs. So that was a little confusing to everybody um, because it felt, you know, and, and the way it was reported a little bit was this is it's over for the ETS right now. But really, the, that was the that was the Supreme Court saying it's over for now. <laughs> right. And so but there was some language, obviously, in the in the opinion that led people to believe that it was over. So why don't you um, walk through that a bit? Because the while the actual validity of the ETS was not under judicial review, um, there was certainly some some of d discussion regarding the validity of the ETS and uh, which would lead to their ability to say whether the stay would remain in effect or not. So walk us through a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, technically, yes, it's still alive, but practically speaking, I think uh, probably is almost 100% dead. And, and the reason we say that is, is now that that decision has come down from the Supreme Court, essentially they said ETS is invalid for now. And then they sent the case back essentially to the Sixth Circuit to rule on the validity of the ETS. And so in the meantime, no enforcement. Uh, so basically two things that could happen now. 
First, the Sixth Circuit looks at it and says, uh, we agree and that OSHA went too far and therefore the ETS is invalid. In that case, it really is game over for the ETS. Now the Sixth Circuit has um, said that it could be appealed, uh, but uh, the, that's and that would really get us to the other option is that the Sixth Circuit actually says that they think the ETS is valid. They would be essentially be saying that OSHA did not go too far by enacting this mandate. But I think what everybody's going to is either way, if that happened and whoever lost in the Sixth Circuit, they would appeal it to the Supreme Court. So it would go right back up there. And in that case, the SCOTUS ruling we just received basically outlined how the justices view the issue. And that majority view is that the ETS went too far. So I think in that way, unless something crazy happens where you know the makeup of the Supreme Court changes between now and when it would be appealed, um, which is very unlikely, uh, we can somewhat safely predict that the Supreme Court would uh, you know, actually invalidate the ETS directly if it came back up. So unpack that a little bit. This, the SCOTUS opinion did have several indicators that um, not just the request for the stay of enforcement on, on how they viewed the ETS itself. So walk through what those indicators were and what this court said um, that led them to that conclusion. Yeah, so it's important to look at sort of the reasoning behind it and what they said. One, one thing they said was that while OSHA uh, or, or OSHA did have the power to set workplace safety standards, but quote, not broad public health measures. And so their reasoning there is that while OSHA can set standards to address safety in the workplace, it must do so to address specific workplace hazards. And in this case, they said that COVID, although it's present in the workplace, it's not specific to the workplace. So you think about where what, what is the danger there and is it specific to the workplace? The majority here said it's everywhere. So you can't really say it's a specific workplace danger. Um, they, the, the, some of their re reasoning to read here from the opinion, quote, OSHA is seeking to regulate not just what happens inside the workplace, but to induce individuals to undertake a medical procedure that affects their lives outside the workplace. So again, kind of making that delineation between in and out of the workplace. Uh, they also focused on the idea that Congress has the express authority to come up with laws like this, not OSHA as a sub-regulatory agency. So that idea is strongly present there too. It should be Congress enacting broad mandates through the regular lawmaking process. Um, that's a power that's reserved for Congress rather than the agencies in the executive branch like OSHA or the Department of Labor. And then they, they said this kind of specifically, again, to quote them, the, the question before us is not how to respond to the pandemic, but who holds the power to do so? The answer is clear under the law as it stands today, that power rests with the states and Congress, not OSHA. So you can see a, a strong deference there to Congress and its power to make laws as compared to OSHA. And so that's really kind of the, the two main things there in the opinion, uh, according to sort of how those justices ruled on this issue generally uh, for you know, considering the stay, um, that would seem to indicate they'd go the same way if the case were to come up uh, back to them on appeal. Well, I mean, that really is interesting. So the Sixth Circuit now has insight into what the Supreme Court would rule. Does that influence their own ruling when it comes to them? Or do they continue to rule as they uh, see fit? 
Yeah, it it's uh it does leave the Sixth Circuit in a precarious position. I think either way, and the reason we say it's pretty much the end of the road for the ETS, and that's what a lot of what you'll hear in the in the uh, in the news is the SCOTUS will like you know they're going to invalidate it anyway. So regardless of whether the legal process takes more time, uh, most are sort of saying that this is the end of the road for the vaccine mandate, at least for larger private employers. I do think it's an interesting question how the Sixth Circuit will go, um, but I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see whether the, the Supreme Court decision sort of forces their hand or if they you know, hold to what they were kind of saying before, which is this is okay, and then let the Supreme Court deal with it again. Uh, but I think even the White House was resigned a little bit when they got this opinion. They had this to say, they, they said, as a result of the court's decision, meaning the Supreme Court's decision, it's now up to states and individual employers to determine whether to make their workplaces as safe as possible for employees and whether their businesses will be safe for consumers during this pandemic by requiring employees to take the simple and effective step of getting vaccinated. Um, so, you know, a little bit of a resignation, I, I feel like, there from that White House statement um, that they kind of see the writing on the wall, even if legally and procedurally it's not quite over. Right. That does sound like defeat. Um, so where does that leave employers now? Do they still have the option of enacting a vaccine mandate on their own or do they need to fall, fall in line with the Supreme Court's opinion? Yeah. So even before this all came out with the OSHA ETS, employers had the ability and so they continue to have that ability to enact their own version of a vaccine mandate. Uh, we've talked about that on prior podcasts and, and in some of our other resources as well. But the, the basic idea is that they can enact a mandate for their employees, but they'll want to have very clear policies and procedures to, to outline how they're going to accomplish it, engage employees in that process. But things like how to collect proof of vaccine, how to administer the testing for those that can't get vaccinated. And then the primary law coming in there is the Americans with Disabilities Act or ADA. Uh, they'll have to consider some alternatives and reasonable accommodation for those you know, that have medical conditions, disabilities, or sincerely held religious objections to the vaccine or the testing. So while the testing and or mask wearing can be an alternative, just at a very high level, employers will want to work with employees directly, first of all, but also employment and HR counsel to develop policies that are really the best approach for their situation and their goals. So when we when we talk about OSHA and the opinion related to the OSHA mandate, obviously that's dealing with federal law. What do we do um, in terms of the state? There are some states that have, uh, you know, set in place some vaccine mandates or other, you know, positions on vaccines generally. So what do we what do we do now with the state laws? Are those impacted by this the uh, SCOTUS opinion? Yeah. So uh, there are a few state laws to consider and they do appear to still be in play, right? We're talking about federal versus state law and the state laws can generally regulate what's going on in the states. Um, those state laws kind of go both ways, depending on which state you're in. Uh, lots of states don't have any laws, but for some, um, we don't have time to go sort of into every state or uh, lo local government here. Uh, but as a quick example, New York City now has a private employer vaccine mandate so employers in New York City have to consider that. On the other end, we have some states uh, like Texas that basically say employers specifically cannot have a vaccine or even a, va a mask mandate in some states for their employees. 
And so employers will have to walk through those obligations and sort of look at the state law and how it impacts them. Um, ultimately, because that's really employment and HR law, uh, employers, especially those with multi-state locations and workers, that's going to be something to go to outside counsel on and, and figure out, um, you know, where are the landmines and also the legal challenges. Some of those state laws are working their way through state courts. And so right. just some unknowns there that are very, it's a difficult area right now, but outside counsel is definitely the best approach. Okay, so that uh, that was a discussion of the vaccine mandate as it applied to large employers. But so let's switch gears now and look at the other two vaccine mandates: the one for federal contractors and one for healthcare workers. Yeah, so starting with the second one first, there on the mandate for healthcare workers, this one was actually upheld essentially by the Supreme Court. It was CMS, that's the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, uh, not OSHA, that promulgated the rule for healthcare workers. And so it's a little bit of a different issue, but the Supreme Court basically says that a vaccine mandate in a workplace that is, uh, involves healthcare, so it's a provider, it's a hospital, those types of settings, that mandate actually does make sense, at least from the Supreme Court's uh, side of things here. So they're saying the requirement of a vaccinated worker actually does impact more directly the safety of all workers in that particular type of workplace. So uh, healthcare provider employers, uh, at least those that receive Medicare and Medicaid dollars, do need to work closely with counsel to adhere to the CMS vaccination rules for healthcare workers. And specifically, the written policies and procedures have to be adopted and communicated by January 27th, 2022, and covered employees have to be fully vaccinated by February 28th, 2022. So some action items Coming right up there, if you are a healthcare provider, employer, that's impact, it's sort of subject to that rule. Right. That's really right around the corner. Um, so tell us about federal contractors. Yeah. So the federal contractors, this one is still held up in the courts. Uh, so it's on hold in all states because of a federal court decision issued in Georgia back at the beginning of December of last year, 2021. So while that decision is appealed, it appears... Uh, federal contractors do not yet have to comply with that vaccine mandate. And we'll just have to wait and see how that comes out. All right, Chase, thank you so much for walking through this. I know it's a, it's an ongoing discussion. It feels like this part of it has been, uh, is a little bit uh, now put to the side, but it, so we certainly have a lot of provider clients and federal contractor clients. So I'm sure that we'll have ongoing discussion concerning this topic. And we appreciate you bringing this to us today. Are there any last, uh, any last items you'd like to discuss on, uh, related to the subject? No, I think it's been a, a bit of a haul for employers that have been considering this. There's this on and off again bit of whether this is effective, whether it's not effective, waiting for the circuits to rule, waiting for the Supreme Court to rule. So I think there's probably a lot of relief uh, out there for larger employers that at least they don't have to deal with it for now. Uh, so in that way, maybe this is a, a nice ending, um, but uh, for those healthcare workers uh, or healthcare worker employers and federal contractors, maybe still a little bit up in the air here and a little bit more to have to deal with. Do you want to mention any of our resources? Yeah, so we have several resources out there. We've um, on, on Compliance Corner, uh, NFP Compliance Corner is our biweekly regulatory and, and legislative newsletter available at nfp.com. We have other uh, 
articles and resources about the vaccines on our latest insights page at nfp.com. And uh, if there's any further developments, we'll continue to cover it on the podcast here as well. All right. Thank you for joining us. As we like to say, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs>